This is episode 198 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 198 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Darren Mitchell on the show talking about a concept we've talked about a couple of times on the show. That's infinite banking. So we got into uh, how that works with real estate investors. This is a hot topic these days. So uh, no surprise that some of my guests are are wanting to talk about it. And and we dug in yet again. Darren is also into real estate investing, and he has a few different projects on the go. One specifically that we went through is an investment in Cornwall, Ontario. I wanted to know about Cornwall because that's where uh, my friend Mark Loeffler started investing. It actually seems like a very affordable town. I've heard of a few people kind of targeting that area. So it was an interesting discussion to get into with Darren, very interesting guy from the East Coast who's investing here in Ontario. So just before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you about my brand new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat. If you haven't already checked out that show, make sure that you click the link in the description of this video or in the show notes and go subscribe to that channel. So it's a video only show on YouTube right now. And we dig into the numbers. We look at live real deals that are on the market or off off market available deals and uh we do an analysis and decide what we think of the deal and then give you an opportunity to see how I'm analyzing deals with my spreadsheet that I use uh, on this show regularly. Highly recommend that you check it out. I also wanted to let you know that we've revived the monthly meetup. If you haven't already heard, uh, the GTA West REI meetup is the new name. So it's the old Greater Hamilton REI meetup. Now we're GTA West REI meetup. And uh, our first meeting will be after this podcast episode launches, but stay tuned for the next one. Make sure that you're in our Facebook group so that you can get notified every time we have a new event. For those of you watching on YouTube, make sure you hit all the buttons, like, subscribe, notification bell, leave us a comment. If you're on the audio platforms, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps more people find the show. Thank you for that. Let's jump into episode 198 with Darren Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Darren Mitchell on the show today. Darren, thanks for coming. Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. All right. So first things first, uh, recap me because I know we connected, I think, on Instagram. Yep. And uh, you have your own podcast, but that's that's about the the scope of what I know. So so tell me a little bit about yourself, how we connected and, and uh, what your story is. Sure. So my uh, my story actually uh, comes back to uh, right here where we are. So grew up in the East Coast, um, got hired out of university. I went for an interview after I was graduating my MBA, and I went for an interview for practice for an insurance company. was never going to work in the insurance industry, but I needed some practice and interviews. So I went, and next thing you know, boom, I'm hired in the insurance industry. Okay. They put me to London Life uh, head office for okay. six weeks of training. And the last week, they say, Darren Mitchell is working with the number one manager in the country in group and benefits in Burlington, Ontario. Okay. And I lean to the guy beside me, and I go, where the heck is Burlington? (laughs) And he's making fun of me, and I'm like, where's Truro? Where's Windsor, Nova Scotia? So my first job, 29, 30 years ago, 22 years old, was next door to here. The building okay. I was in, I, I went oh, to the really? wrong building. You you were so in that building. That's, that, so that's that, that's nostalgia. Yeah, that was that was my actual building. <clears throat> so that was the uh, that's the the Profunds Valor building. Interesting. So wow, small world then. Yeah, I was texting my old boss, and I was like, "What was her address?" And then he's like, "I think it was here." And I I walked yeah. in the building. I was like, "This is it." That yeah, was, it's different though now. Huh? Oh yeah, they did a yeah. major renovation. Yeah, they did. They put in elevators. That was the biggest thing because now you're accessible, right? So now they went from being kind of like an average old rundown. Uh, building to being like very desirable um, office space for Burlington. 
Yeah. Same with this building too. They own this one as well. Uh, fortunate enough, there, there are landlords. <laughs> so yeah, we like it here. Um, okay, well that's so, awesome. That's yeah, great. so that's how I got started kind of yeah. in, uh, in the insurance business okay. by accident. And then I did the corporate world for a while, both in Toronto and back in the yeah. East and then back to Toronto. Um, did that. And then about 2005, I said, okay, uh, let's, let's do this on my yeah. own. So I started my own business and, you know, successful, doing well. And then 2008 happened. And yeah. for me, that was really the, the change. And I write about this in uh, my first book about, I was salmon fishing in Alaska in 2008 yeah. and the market was crashing. It was in free fall. Yeah. And back then it was getting my buddy's truck with my old Blackberry drive to the top of the hill, hold my phone up, try to get reception to call the office to see how much is the market dropping in the last hour. Yeah. And for me, that was a monumental thing. I was in my 30s, no big deal for my money, mm. but for my client's money, I just felt helpless and I felt out of control. And that's really where I kind of changed everything. And I went on this education crusade for a couple of years where I traveled around North America and I studied what the wealthy people do, how they work with their money differently than the middle mm -hmm. class and the poor people. And that led me to this infinite banking, um, high cash value life insurance. Business started booming. Yeah. Now we're, you know, we consider ourselves the wealth coaches for real estate investors across Canada. Probably 85, 90% of our business is Ontario. Mm -hmm. uh, and 90% of our clients are real estate investors. So it's okay. been the uh, been a great journey and along the way married a beautiful girl and had two great kids got a 19 year old and a 21 year old oh, okay congrats thank you um okay so so infinite banking's sort of your that's your business then yeah i basically only do i help people implement infinite banking into their world and basically 95 percent of our clients are real estate owners or business owners mm -hmm. um and some okay. others but that's that's really the primary focus it's just a it's a that concept's a perfect fit for real estate investors, and that's why yeah. we, uh, you know, across country to, or across the country, every province we we work in. And, All right, uh, business is good. Life's okay. Good. You a real estate investor as well? I am. Okay, I am. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So um, when I started studying what the wealthy do, uh, it really came down to three things, and it was like, what do wealthy people do different with their money? And they do three things. They put their money in three places. They invest in themselves. Mm -hmm. Number one. You know, I got a 24-year-old client in Ottawa. He bought a 14-unit building. He hired a coach, joined a real estate group, yeah. had that skill and knowledge investing in himself, bought a yeah. bought a 14-unit, none of his own money. That's going to mean millions of dollars over his lifetime. And people, most people are worked up about, where's my $10,000 RSP contribution yeah. making six or eight? So they invest in themselves, mm -hmm. they invest in businesses, and they buy real estate. So I was yeah. like, all right, I did the, did the invest in myself. I've learned... Mm -hmm. all kinds of fancy letters after my name started a business so real estate was probably four years ago i went uh, to one of your former guests uh, alfonso uh three-day course with alfonso oh and, yeah wealth genius yeah. yeah it wasn't yeah, wealth okay. genius back then um and that's really well, four years ago when i started my real estate journey uh, i was checking out i got a pre-construction in port credit i checked out this morning coming along it's on story two got a fourplex in cornwall Cornwall. Cornwall, yeah. Where do you live? I, I live in Halifax or Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Right. Okay. So you're just happening to be in the area right now. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. My, right. my, wife, my wife's from here. Okay. My wife's uh, parents still live in Port Credit. Yeah. So uh, the condo we bought was kind of nice because it's 13 houses yeah. away from uh, from my in-laws. So the kids are excited because we get, up, get, to, get to see it, you know, being built yeah. and stuff. And then bought a place in Cornwall, bought some land, did some land development, and I do private lending. 
Okay, so where's land development? Land development. So I I, I just invested with uh, uh, Michael Santoni, Santoni, the key spire guy. Um, oh, Saracini? Yeah, sorry. Ah, gotcha. So, so I invested in his. In his um, so he has one, uh, one of his own. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's new. I didn't know he yeah, had so that. So I put some money in there, and then uh, I did some private lending the last couple of years, and uh, um, I own eight percent of a thirty-nine unit building, uh, just equity ownership. I'm a, I'm a hands-off investor. I'm not good yeah. with tenants, toilets, and termites, and uh, so I, yeah, so I like just, being the money just partner. Money to work. Yeah. I, I like putting money to work, and you know, infinite banking fits perfectly with. Yeah. It. And we're going to go into that concept a bit more because we've covered it. I think this will be the third time on this this show. Oh, cool. at, at some level, we've kind of yeah. we've we've touched on it. Um, we had one not too long ago where we went into it, but I mean, not everybody's seen that episode, so we'll go sure. uh, we'll go into that again. Uh, okay, so investing for you was sort of started in your forties with real estate. Yep. Obviously, before that, you were you were doing it um, in stocks and term uh, life like cash value life insurance cash policies. value life insurance but yeah. i was a stock guy I, I had a mutual fund license i sold mm. mutual funds and you know yeah. i i thought that was it that was yeah. what people should do and now i look back and almost feel guilty right um not that yeah. i'm not that i'm against the stock market or rsps yeah. but for an entrepreneur for a real estate investor my big belief is you got to be in control of your money yeah and, and Look at the market today. You're yeah, control. yeah. You control your money. That's a big thing. Like that you said that. Like that was that was a big lesson I learned. Going back to the beginning of my podcast, I talked about about that a lot. Being a control freak, which is uh, it's a problem too. Like you can't be too much of a control freak. But uh, being in control of your investments is uh, is what helps you to react quickly and and to be able to react and, and or respond. I'll say. Um, so so for me, like. I, I would say like I wasn't in control when I didn't even have my tenants contact information, right? I had a property manager. I didn't even know who was in my buildings. That's not a good place to be. Um, it's one thing to have the manager, but I want to have a record of all that information too. That that puts me in a better control. Uh, so just things like that. When I was too busy with the construction of my units, that's that's kind of how I think set, I had things set up. So, okay, that makes sense. Uh, so you generated the majority of your wealth uh, from earnings and then investing in stock market, mutual funds, all that, and then started investing in, in real estate. Is that a fair synopsis? It is, I, but I, I would say the... Want to network with like-minded investors and get an idea for what the best of the best are doing? Better make sure you make it out to our next GTA West REI meetup. This is the new meetup that's replacing the Greater Hamilton REI meetup that I used to host. We launched our first meetup in November. It was a great success. We had about 75 people out and we're looking forward to doing more of them and having more people come out. It really is a great opportunity to connect with a lot of people that I've been in contact with online or seen in the comments and now I can finally put a face to the name. And I think you'll have a similar experience if you attend our events. Our next event is happening on December 8th from 7 till 9.30 p.m. at Clifford Brewing in Hamilton, Ontario. If you'd like to attend the event, it's very important that you click the link in the description of this video or in the show notes of this episode and make sure that you add yourself to the group. And then once you're in the group, please be sure to add yourself to the event so that we know who's coming and we can notify the establishment. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch. 
Now let's get back to the episode. The bulk of my wealth came from investing in my business. Okay. Um, so the business generated a lot of revenue yeah. and I'm using that business to, yeah. to, to go into real estate. Okay. So the business was big. So you're in your own company, which you're basically authorized to sell insurance. Yep. And then the concept is called infinite banking, which is really just borrowing against insurance policies. If, if, if you want to simplify it, sure. it allows you to borrow basically your own cash value back. It allows you to borrow the insurance company's money while your cash value stays, stays in, the in there. Yeah, but what you what 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 you're paying in in interest helps build your policy, does it not? In in some sense, in like, some sense, yeah. I think some guys overblow that a lot. Because that was the last like, discussion I had. I was like, yeah, that's what it's doing. Yeah, so. it's like yeah. you know, it's like oh no, you should always get your loan from the insurance company because you're part owner yeah. of this fund. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm part owner of RBC too, but if they offer me a mortgage at 6% and BMO offers me one at three, I'm going to BMO. So yeah. I don't think it should be the only place you look for finances. And I don't believe in financing properties other than down payments and moving yeah. into that. But I don't believe in financing the, the 80% when you can get cheap mortgage money. Uh, it, that doesn't right, make sense yeah. unless Why it's a short term yeah. thing. So that, yeah. again, with people that do that, they give up control. Why would I take know a six hundred thousand dollar loan for my policy and buy one property when i can take you know buy five or six properties for that same amount if i get mortgages yeah and that like that's kind of like the wisdom that really worked say pre six months ago <laughs> and things have changed now and i want to get into that with you we'll definitely dig in on that um but uh okay so so as far as the concept goes you're you're a broker of insurance is that correct yeah so we're independent financial advisors okay and yeah. uh, we're not married to any one company yeah. but there's only four companies in canada that offer products that fit what we want to do for the infinite banking for the infinite bank so rbc is one of them as you mentioned uh no no uh, okay, no so so there, there's four four companies that have a long track record yeah. of doing this mm -hmm. um and they're big big they're the many life sun equi okay equitable in canada life so the big okay the big four and so, those ones are basically the you can have a cash value policy and they will uh, they will allow you to leverage against it. They will allow you, and it's contractual. Yeah. So yeah. so it's uh, not like you know when you call for a policy loan, they ask you two questions: Do you want to check it? Do you want to deposit it in your bank account, or do you want to check? That's it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no there's no qualifying. So you don't have to do a credit app. There's no credit so, app because you're just borrowing against your own money. It doesn't show up in your credit report. See, that's actually super super valuable. Yeah, and and it you know uh, banks don't look at it as a loan for borrowing capacity. So. You know, there's some huge advantages for, yeah. for real estate. And what investors. kind of what kind of uh, rate is somebody paying, like typically right now, to borrow back against their policies? Yeah, it's it's gone up. So so yeah. it was you know it was uh, last year it was four point four five. Now it's six percent in change for most most, mm -hmm. most of the companies. So in line with like the fixed rate mortgages right now. Yeah, but you got to think a hundred percent. But mm -hmm. but the type of loan it is is what makes it magical, right? It's uncallable. So things go south, you lose your job, you can't call it. Interest tax deductible. What about stuff. what about if the cash value of the policy? decreases cash value policy is guaranteed never to decrease oh never to decrease so it okay. goes up every year and they have a 150 year track record of paying a dividend yeah. every single year but it's contractual yeah. you can never it's a contractual money. okay so and, unless, and that, unless they were to like go bankrupt which is not likely for those companies because well even if those companies went bankrupt yeah. this fund these funds are segregated and separate from that so they're the, separate from the company the 20 company billion dollars or 80 billion dollars in that fund that yeah. they own assets okay and those assets are not part yeah. of the company because again yeah. those four specific products we actually own the fund as the policy holders yeah so we own a piece of that 20, okay so the, the ownership of the fund is purely everybody who's invested in it purely yeah. everyone and the insurance company doesn't own it they just get a, a, a management fee to, yeah. to look after it so yeah. you know they they'd be just as happy if you bought one of their other products that they make all the profit from right okay 
Yeah, and it's worth digging into this because, like, I truly just don't know that much about you know the insurance space. So uh, it's great having you kind of break this all down for us. Um, okay, so what else can I ask you about this? Um, as far as okay, so what are they invested in? What 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 are these policies typically going up in cash value on an annual basis? Yeah, somewhere between three and a half and five percent tax. That's the free. track record, that's, and that's after all management expense. Yeah, I mean the yeah. management expenses. You know, the investment management expenses on most funds are around. 14, 15 basis points, 0.1415 versus a mutual fund at 2.2. So, I mean, incredibly low fee. And the four participating whole life contracts in Canada are actually federally regulated with respect to fees. So the the insurance company or the government came in years ago and said, we got to protect these poor widows and orphans or the rich people that do it now um, from the big bad insurance companies. So they limit the insurance companies, what they're allowed to charge in investment expenses. And that's why it's between 10 and 10 and 20 basis points, depending upon. Okay. Yeah. So it's super limited in these. Um, Okay. And now this is where it's like a philosophical, obviously you can borrow against this. So it it is, it is valuable. Those are relatively low returns right now when you think about where inflation's at. So how in your mind, does it make sense? Because I know a lot of real estate investors are doing this and obviously it's something, you know, pretty special to, to be able to uh, borrow against your own money. You know, you don't have any sort of tax hit with that. It doesn't show up anywhere uh, and it's still growing in an invested yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts there? Like, why why wouldn't somebody just go do some private mortgages right now in this climate? Sure. So 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 I do private mortgages. Okay. Uh, sorry, I do private lending. So I'll give you my last private yeah. lending deal. So it was 15% for one year. Okay. And I, and I loaned $100,000. Okay, great. 15%. It's like, why yeah. the heck would I do insurance when I can... Yeah. I can do this. And and again, 20 years ago, you would ask me that. I would have said the same thing. Yeah. 15 higher than four or yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, this guarantee is, is worth something. Too. Yeah, I mean, tax yeah. freeze worth something, death benefit, all those yeah, other yeah. stuff. Yeah, but that's what I used to think. Mm. Or assets? Do I do? Mm-hmm. Do I do fifteen uh, percent, uh, or do I do mutual funds, or do I do this? This is an and asset because my money's in yeah. my cash value policy growing. Yeah. I borrow. But you're also I, doing other things too. Yeah. I, so I'm gonna. So so I'll give you my private yeah. example. So I, I loaned a um, hundred thousand dollars at fifteen points. Mm-hmm. I didn't use my own money. Called the insurance company and said, "Hey, can I have a hundred grand?" Mm-hmm. They said, "Sure, no questions asked." They put it in my bank account. At the time, I was paid about five percent interest. Yeah, I loaned it out at fifteen, made the ten points. My policy was completely unaffected. Yeah, so now my money's growing in the policy, and you're making a spread. and I'm making money over here. Yeah. And it's providing a death benefit. Well, yeah, that, that's the big thing, like the death benefit, because I believe that's not taxable, right? Death benefits tax free, growth yeah. is tax free. Yeah, everything's. Yeah, that's that's where the concept with life insurance, like it, it became such a big discussion. I remember even like right when I got in the mortgage industry, hearing talks on it, and like, well, you avoid the taxes. That's that's obviously huge. You can't you can't discount that part. Yeah, and I mean, for me, it's a certainty too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. look what's going on right now. You know, I. I I'm not a fan of RSPs. We can talk about that later for for what I do, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, you know, you're a teacher or whatever. You want to do RSPs, that's fine. I don't have a lot of teacher clients. Well, you can do but, self-directed, but the, even that's becoming difficult. Right. But what's happening in the market right now is even TFSAs, which I, you know, I like I, after cash value life insurance, that would be my favorite. But, you know, TFSAs are down 30% on average this year. Right. It's, it's what you're invested in, right? The TFSA is the legal structure that prevents the taxation, but it's all what you chose to invest right. in, right? And, and it's still yeah. an or asset, mm-hmm. but if it's down 30%, 90% of people are going to go, wow, there's a great opportunity I see, but yeah. I don't want to sell my TFSA yeah. when it's down 30%. So if you have an asset that's uncorrelated to the stock market and real estate market like mm-hmm. this is, well, now the market's dropping. 
my cash value is continuing to go up. So I go, great, now's the time I want to access cash. Mm-hmm. And I can do that and continue to grow my policy at the same time. So I'm yeah. doing stuff in the short term, yeah. but I'm also saving for the long term. Yeah, it's like saving for tomorrow, right? I think that's a good, and I think a lot of people would like it for the, I can't touch it. It kind of, it's like forced savings. Okay, well, it's there for me. It's it's there well, for me. Well, you can't, you mean you can borrow, you can borrow, you borrow le- against le- it, but I'm not going to be taking it, taking it out. And I think a lot of people just want that comfort of knowing, okay, I've got this building for me. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the yeah. whole, the whole premise of this is mm-hmm. you have one compound interest curve in your life mm-hmm. and you want to stay on it. And, yeah. and most Canadians don't stay on that compound interest yeah. curve. Rich people do. Yeah. And, and so we're trying to, you know, just if you want what rich people have, mirror their behavior. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a tough decision nowadays, though, with with seeing what's happening, right? I mean, who isn't losing net, net worth right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much across the board. I mean, except for people shorting everything <laughs> are probably doing pretty well. Or, or with uh, cash value life insurance. Again, cash like value, March yeah. 2020, I had bunch of calls and people mm-hmm. were like you know when the when covid first hit and the market did that first drop people are calling like oh the world's coming to an end what's going on like what about my cash value life insurance everything else going down and i'm like it's going up in value every single yeah, day like it has for 150 years yeah and, and that's certainty in times of uncertainty and that's yeah. why the industry is booming mm-hmm. and, and our business is booming is people want certainty yeah there's certainly like even if it's just a part of their portfolio, they want certainty in one spot. Okay. Like I'm good with uncertainty here, but I want to have some certainty. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like, you know, the big for me is control of my money. I love that at any point, if there's an opportunity, I don't got to go ask a bank for money. I know I can access money, uh, quickly. Just pull it out. Just, just borrow against it and, uh, and take advantage of opportunities and it doesn't affect my long-term, long-term plans. Okay. Awesome. So your day to day right now, like what's what's your day to day? Are you working with clients directly, or are you managing a team that works with clients directly? Yeah, I'm doing both. So I'm, yeah. I'm not meeting with a lot of clients, as many mm-hmm. clients as I used to be. I'm work, work, working on growing the business, pairing a yeah. podcast. We we have our own podcast. Yeah, uh, control and compound. Uh, control and compound. Okay, yeah, this is yeah, this is all coming back to me now. I remember yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you shared that with me. Uh, uh, tell me about that. What, what do you guys talk about? Obviously, this is part of it. Yeah, so yeah. we we really, really kind of focus on three things. We focus on you know cash value, life insurance, and banking. Real estate investing. We've got a bunch of real estate mm-hmm. investors on that you'd 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 be familiar with, uh, and and business owner stuff, right? Yeah. Like, what about should I take CPP or not? Should I or pay pay into CPP and all that stuff? So we get into all that st- all kind of money related. Yeah. But real estate and real estate investing and cash value life insurance would be the bulk of it. Wait, CPP is optional? <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was. A, I mean, I, I'm an employer, so I, I know that I have to deduct it. And, well, no, for your employees, yeah. it's hundred percent. But you you yeah. can take dividends in, in, instead of salary and not not pay CPP. Oh, you know, yeah. All these yeah, different yeah, yeah. things, and you know, there, yeah. there's there's pros and cons either mm-hmm. way. But I mean, it's just just those things uh you know and then if something comes up new new in the insurance industry we'll talk about that uh but really real estate investing in cash value yeah because sure. that's what we are like our wealth coaches we we invest in real estate yeah. we we believe in real estate and for me you know my second book i wrote was uh, i think it was six or seven different ways to invest in real estate with cash value life insurance mm-hmm. and uh you know i've been going through trying to do every single one of those just so i can better help clients understand yeah how it all works. So I've done the joint venture, the land development, private lending, reconstruction, et cetera. All right. So t- tell me about the books, uh, the titles, when they were published, all that. Sure. So uh, the first one was called Be the Bank. Uh, that was yeah. uh, June 2020 came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how the wealthy control and compound their money. Be the Bank, how the wealthy control their money. And then the second one came out a year later in 2021. And that was Infinite Banking for Real Estate Investors. 
Nice. Okay. So you're really hitting on what people want to know. Like, cause I do get people asking me about this. So like, what do you make of infinite banking? I got one right after, uh, Dan McMullen talked about it and I just said, well, so what do you make of it? I'm like, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about it. Like I, except for what we've discussed on, on the show. However, I will say like conceptually, it makes sense. Like, I mean, if they're going to let you just borrow against your own money and you want that, like that portion of certainty in your portfolio, why not? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. it comes back to you got to say, I always say you got to save or store your money somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, so where are you going to put it? Now, your long term money, people tend to put in long term stuff. Your short term money, they tend to put in the bank. Yeah. They're in zero, because, but they need liquidity use and control. Yeah, yeah. Well, this provides you liquidity Give you use some and liquidity. control. Yeah. And it provides you long term, uninterrupted, tax free compounding. Yeah. And it allows you to multiply your money. You can literally yeah. multiply your money and say, leave it in my long term, yeah. tax free growth, in my cash value. And I'm also going to multiply that dollar and go do real estate, go do business, go do some other opportunity. Okay. So that you said there were eight strategies people could use uh, to borrow against their, uh, their um, cash value policy. Yeah, it was, yeah, I just went through kind of pre-construction yeah. land development. So I'll, yeah. give, I'll give you another yeah. one. Uh, the fourplex uh, I bought in uh, Cornwall. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was two duplexes. It was got a little complicated there, but it was two duplexes mm-hmm. on one property. Okay. Uh, and it was three hundred and seventy-five grand. So we bought it last year for three seventy-five Cornwall. Not people always go that wasn't Ontario. I'm like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's not Southern Ontario. Um, so three seventy-five. So I had to come up with eighty grand for a down payment. So okay. went to the insurance company, said, "Hey, can I have eighty grand?" They said, "Sure." Went to my bank, said, "Hey, I need a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage." They said, "Where'd you get the down payment?" I said, "I borrowed for my cash value." They said, "Okay, we consider that an asset, not a loan." So mm-hmm. didn't affect my borrowing capacity. Did the three hundred thousand, and now we. This was the plan all along. Yeah. We actually separated. We're separating those two. So you're severing the. Um, so we got approval from okay. uh, from the council to do that, and okay. uh, so right now those duplexes we think three three fifty. So we got some nice cash flow coming in. Three fifty each. Yeah. Okay. So we got some nice cash flow coming in there that I'm paying back the loan, but really when we refinance it, I'll pay off that loan completely. Yeah. And then go do another one, and that was just an and opportunity. It didn't affect yeah. my cash value at all. Yeah, you still have have access to it. So uh, you're looking at something worth seven hundred when it's done. Let's just run through those numbers real quick again. So you purchased for how much? Three seventy five. Three seventy five for the whole thing. And what did you have into it to get the severance? Uh, we actually haven't got the legal bill there. We think it's going to be thousand fifteen hundred, like just for the legal work for that. Yeah, legal work. And then as far as like the planning, did you hire a planner or you just did it yourself? Uh, no, we, 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 we had a planner and a, and a lawyer and I, I, that was a joint venture. So I've got a joint venture partner that was handling sure, that. And, I'm and paying, one. covering all those costs or, or we're, you... we're sharing those costs. Okay. So you probably what like a few thousand dollars for all that too. A few thousand bucks. Yeah. yeah. So let's just say you have like five grand in them. Any renovations? No. No. Okay. So no renovations needed. So you're in for, um, you're going to be in for like 380. And uh, as far as like, you're going to rent them, I'm guessing? They're, they're rented. They're fully rented, yeah. Okay. And what are the rents? The rents are about 750 a month. So we get about 3000 a month coming in. Okay. Is that, that can't be market rent there. No, not yet. Um, so, the, so there's, but, but to be honest, you know, Cornwall still hasn't caught up. To, to the rest to, of the place. So you can rest. still rent pretty cheap there. Yeah. Like if, if these people are, these are probably longer term tenants that yeah. are there. So what would market be like 1200 or something for yeah, 11, 1100 in, 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 in that area, you know? Okay. Any plans to try and turn them over or are you just going to leave it? 
Um, no plans yet. I mean, the, yeah. the goal year one was just to get that severed and yeah. refinanced. So that was the only sort yeah. of focus year one. Well, what's the thought? Will you try and sell it? Nope. No, uh, just leave it alone. So this is really just making sure that the, the legal value is there if you ever did want to sell it or if you want to refinance against it. Now well, you have yeah, we it. want to refinance to get it, uh, 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 yeah. refinance and then get that deposit I made back Okay, yeah. and then go do another one. So that allows you to just pull the money back out by getting higher value. Of course, now that means you're going to have slightly uh, higher mortgage. Higher mortgage payment. Uh, let's let's run through how your numbers will look there. Sure. Uh, so taxes. What are your your um, annual taxes? Taxes are three eighteen a month. Times twelve, so about three eight uh, thirty eight sixteen a year. Insurance on something like that two twenty four a month. Okay, and uh, maintenance. I'm just going to say five percent. Just nice even number. Uh, utilities. Are you paying utilities there? Yeah, we're paying most of them. It's two seventeen a month. We pay for that. For everything. And that's on average across the year. Okay, so 2600 a year. That's it? How can you do that little? For all utilities? Water, gas, electric? Sorry, there's there's some people that pay for utilities, some don't. It's, okay, it's, so it's, just it's, it's, it's with that mix. mix, you're paying. It's a mix. You're paying two. Okay, perfect. Okay. Um, management, are you paying a management company? Yeah, I, you know, I've got management and maintenance combined here, about 351 a month, so about 11% of 11-12%. Okay, so 5, 5% for both, we'll call it. Uh, 10% combined. Yeah. Okay. Um, landscaping and snow, are the tenants doing that or do you? Uh, we do that. Uh, that's included in our, in our maintenance and management there. Oh, okay. You're, it's already included in those numbers. Okay. All right. And then, um, renting hot water heater, anything like that? No. And, um, miscellaneous, I'll just throw 500 bucks in there. Okay. So you figure it's worth 700 when it's done? Well, it, you know. So we said three three fifty. So if we can get six, we're we're ecstatic. Okay, so six. Let's just say. So at six hundred thousand, yeah. Here's the challenge. Like, it's not likely to get eighty percent because your cap rate's only uh, three point six eight yep. with current rents. Of course, you could up those rents if you really wanted to. So you're gonna you're in for three seventy five. So you need to roughly get somewhere around say sixty to sixty five percent loan to value at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah, like at sixty two percent or something like that. Um, 63. Okay, so let's just say you got 63%, which basically breaks you even, gets your money out. Um, at a 30-year AM, say 5.25% interest rate, you'd be a little negative on the cash flow. Well, our, our again, we, we're, we're only one year into a five-year mortgage on the on the first piece. Oh, okay. okay. So you, are you so, just going to leave that alone? So we're going to leave that alone, and we're going to finance uh, on top of that. Okay, finance on top of it. With a second mortgage or to get like a line of credit in second position? Yeah, we've got two couple options that yeah. the bank bank have thrown out. Which uh, bank is it? Uh, RBC. RBC. Okay, so they'll just, they'll allow you to put a, a step in or, well, Scotiabank has a step. Yeah, the, it's equivalent the of Scotiabank, yeah, whatever yeah. they call it. Okay, yeah, so that's perfect. So you don't need to touch that. And then you can keep your, your cash flow positive. See, that's great. I feel like... Uh, I saw a meme the other day, which I thought was hilarious. And it was uh, in, in the States, all the buyers who bought in 2021 at like 2.15% on a 30-year fixed-term mortgage. Uh, like, And it was like King, uh, what's his name, the new one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and just like, you feel like royalty, you're paying that rate. And I think that, that that's an interesting thing with the U.S. as a differentiator between here is like, People don't need to sell there. There are so many people on 30-year mortgages at like super low rates. They can just leave it alone. Whereas Canada, once those five-year terms come up and people double their payment, a lot of them are just going to list their house. Yep. Or, you know, go power sale. There's, it's going to be a very 
interesting and you know you know kind of sad to a degree not to get too tangent here um but it's going to be a it's going to be interesting to watch what happens over the next you know little bit see how that goes but anyway so you're in a good position you're going to still cash flow so your mortgage is is uh at what rate uh we're we we had a little problem with the mortgage so it was delayed a few months so we're, we're at 2.99 i think so our mortgage that's is pretty solid 12 12 60 yeah yeah so yeah, twelve sixty. So yeah, whatever you add on for that second portion, uh, we could work that out and get to the exact numbers. But it looks like you'll probably be at a break-even scenario. Yeah, we're like, like cash flow, a little bit ballpark of ballpark five hundred bucks now. So okay. a little higher mortgage. We'll yeah, be, we'll be, just you know. bring it down a bit. But you're still in a good good spot, I think overall. Um, okay, so that seems like a decent investment. It's great when you can pick up you know, a legal severance and now you can sell one side of it. You have a lot more flexibility. Options, right? That's, yeah, that's all we're trying to look for. Okay, so now. Here's the uh, sort of hot seat question: Like, what uh, what do you do now when you see prices kind of coming down consistently, uh, just like the stock market's been coming down consistently as it kind of bounces around and then continues? Uh, how do you look at real estate investing now? Where do you see yourself focusing over the next year or two if this trend continues? Yeah, well, there's the that's the million dollar question, right? Um, and, and I don't profess to be the mm-hmm. greatest real estate investor in the world. I'm, I'm I'm still learning this, but what I what I'm what I learned early in my my career is there's people that are smarter than you. Why don't mm-hmm. you listen to them? Um, yeah. So you know, I I literally went to a real estate investing course on multi unit departments last weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like people are afraid to spend some money. So, you know, I'm looking at all kinds of things. Uh, um, I like the private lending. Um, surprise, private lending rates haven't gone up a little more. Uh, yeah, they're still hanging in right around where they were. Yeah. And I think, here's my theory. I think that with, with consistent falling real estate values, the demand for f- private lending is probably going up. Because now you're looking at your total returns on real estate factoring no appreciation or even negative, like even factoring depreciation your returns are lower than they would be just private lending. Yeah. I think that, so there's more people who want to do private lending now, potentially, but then there's also people who are just afraid to act right now too. So, so really right now, yeah. um, you know, I call it my opportunity fund, mm-hmm. right? And that's cash value, life insurance and cash. Like, again, mm-hmm. I don't put all my money into there. I don't think all your money yeah, should go into it. But I've got cash smart. value, life insurance and cash. Mm-hmm. And, and I call it my opportunity fund. Opportunity slash emergency fund, but opportunity is way sexier, right? Mm-hmm. I'm building my opportunity fund and, I know there's going to be massive amounts of opportunity in the next couple of years. I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah. I don't know exactly where that is, but yeah. I know I need control of my money to yeah. be able to take advantage of those opportunities quickly. So, you know, one of my one of my favorite stories, uh, I was at a conference like 2010 or so in Florida, and this accountant was talking about all his business owner clients. He was giving a speech and he goes, in 2008, when everything crashed, he goes, everyone had money in the real estate and the market no access to capital mm-hmm. people that had access to capital he goes those are significantly my wealthiest clients and he yeah. told the story about a guy who bought a million dollars now it was insurance but it could have been from anywhere but he this guy bore from his cash value mm-hmm. and he bought 13 additional franchises whatever franchise yeah. he was in and a guy raises his hand and goes um was the policy loan rate five percent or six percent and he's like who gives a crap mm-hmm. the guy made millions of dollars because yeah. he had access to money so I think that's going to be the real challenge yeah, in the next I, next two years is and I've been access about to money. So much. So I want yeah. to be in control for when those yeah. opportunities happen. I yeah. can pounce because, yeah. you know, typically when when you know there's blood in the streets and and nobody's nobody can do anything. Nobody can get any money. If you have money. That's yeah. the time to buy. So I yeah. want to make sure on the I'm dollar. in control of my money. So where I'm investing down in Florida, Cape Coral, uh, it went down. They had three hundred fifty thousand dollars places that went down to thirty five thousand. 
there were just so many power, so many uh, foreclosures. Uh, so thinking about that, I, I do know a guy uh, who I met down there. He's Canadian and uh, he, he moved down there and he just right. He was a financial advisor and he's like, well, I, I don't. I don't know anything about real estate. He's like, but I was always always heard that you're supposed to buy the dip, and this is definitely the dip. So he just started buying up places down there for ten cents on the dollar. I don't know what he's got now. I'd love to get him on the podcast to just share his story. Uh, but it's it's pretty insane, and he's you know just kind of living his life down there off his rental properties and such. Um, like you said, like one, these are like once in a lifetime type opportunities, yeah. once or twice. Um, you know, 2008, it was a little too early for me. I had just graduated, didn't know anything about anything, wasn't into real estate investing yet. 2010, I started investing. If only I had thought then or had access to the capital to invest in like Florida, yeah. um, cause things have come up so much oh, since then. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the currency too, at the time was like almost on almost par. Almost a par. Right? Yeah. So, so I know guys selling yeah. properties in Florida and they were making as much as on the currency swing yeah, as, as yeah. they made on that. And it's, you know, it, what a, what a nice little bonus, right? You don't think of that going in. And yeah. Yeah. And I've been sort of fortunate with that, even with the stuff I've invested over the last couple of years is like, it was better than it is now. Now it's even, <laughs> the exchange is pretty bad right now. Yeah. It's very expensive to buy us dollars, uh, which is, I think it's just because they're the reserve currency of the world. So when there's uncertainty, more people buy us dollars. Yeah. And I, like, that's my, not my issue with the financial planning world. Like I'm a mm-hmm. CFP and get all my fancy letters and stuff, but you know, if you're a business owner, or a real estate investor, and we know what's coming, you know, we, we know there's a recession coming mm-hmm. or at least massive volatility and all. Kinds yeah. Of we're we're stuff, in a, objectively right? in a recession in if a recession, you don't want right? to change the definition. Um, yeah. But, you know, everyone has like a fine for a regular person, but for a real estate investor and business owner, for a financial advisor to say to a 30 year old, you should give up control of your money, put it in a nice balanced mutual fund for the next 41 years till you're 71, turn it into a riff mm-hmm. and hopefully enough to get by. Like they're not going to be able to take advantage of the opportunities. No. So uh, for the people that are business owners or real estate investors, control is important to everybody. But for those people, yeah, un- uncorrelated assets and control of your money. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's wise. Now, so just confirm what you mean by uncorrelated. So you're just saying just entirely different diversified assets. Yeah, so in 2008, the stock market crashed, real estate crashed. Yeah. What happened to whole life in Canada? They all paid dividends of 7% and change. Okay. 2022 repeat, right? Like I, I haven't been waiting yeah. for this, but I've been yeah. planning for this since 2008 because I said, yeah. next time it happens, I'm not going to be out of control. I'm going to yeah. be in control of my money. So it's happening now. I've got the opportunity fund mm-hmm. built. And yeah. now it's like, okay, now I take advantage of those opportunities. This year, 2022, stock market's crashing, real estate's dropping, cash value life insurance, they all pay dividends of 6% mm-hmm. and change. Most two of the two of the four companies actually increased their dividends in 2022 yeah. and to maintain them. So. so they're doing better than usual then, because typically they were, uh, you said three, three percent. Well, well, sorry. So there's, there's a dividend, right? So the dividend goes yeah. and then the way we design the policies, we try to maximize the cash value, right? Yeah. Death benefits, a secondary feature. Now okay. there's great benefits of the death benefit we can talk about later, but the focus is the cash value. So on the cash value, you're going to grow somewhere, you know, three and a half, five percent tax-free, depending on your age and your health okay. and all that stuff. Part of the dividend, most of the dividend is going to go to that, but part of it's also going to go to your death benefit. So okay. the death benefit is going to be increasing as well. So okay. that 6% dividend, you're not going to see a 6% yeah. increase in your cash every year. This is okay. not going to happen. 
Okay, so the death benefit is not a cash value, or is it, it is a cash well, value? Well, they both well. get paid, you know, they, they, yeah. they're, they're tax-free death benefits, yeah. but, you know, let's say you start with a policy at uh, 25 grand a year or something, and you're depositing 25 grand a year, well, mm-hmm. it's going to come with a death benefit of four, five, six hundred thousand, depending upon mm-hmm. your age, and then that death benefit is going to grow each year, and okay. your cash value is going to grow. Okay. Most of the focus so will be part. growing in the cash value, yeah. but it still, at the end of the day, is a life insurance contract, and right. there is a death benefit, which down the road is going to be yeah. valuable, um, um, but the cash value is not going to grow at six. It's going to grow most most around four, four to five, but three and a half to five, we say. Interesting. Okay. Um, Darren, what else would you like to talk about, or was there something I had asked? Uh, is there something you would wish I'd asked you about? Yeah, well, for me, like... If, if, if we look at what most people do and we kind of bring it all back to real estate, because again, I know that that's your focus and that's, that's my client's focus is what most people do is they take a dollar, they fire it in the stock market, they cross their fingers and they hope it does one job. They hope it goes up in value. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what, what excited me about real estate is, well, now you invest in real estate and now I have what, four or five, six different ways I'm going to make money, active appreciate or, you know, do a reno appreciation, mm-hmm. cash flow. Power of leverage. I've got tax mm-hmm. deductions. I've got tenants paying down my mortgage. So I've got four or five, six ways or four or five, six jobs I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, and all I do is say, okay, thousand year old strategy or thousands year old strategy, 90% of millionaires and billionaires, whatever the number is that did it through real estate. If we take that and we combine it with infinite banking and say, mm-hmm. why don't we fire the money, money in the policy first? Yeah. Then we go leverage it. Yeah. Go buy the real estate, use cash flow or refinance and you pay back the loan. Mm-hmm. Rinse and repeat. You know, the time you get three properties, now you're paying off the loan or a year or less. But by flowing it through the property, think of all the other jobs we or throwing it through, throwing it, flowing it through the insurance contract. Now we get all these other jobs, right? Mm-hmm. We've got a death benefit. We have creditor protection, huge. Mm-hmm. So if you get sued or bankrupt, they can't touch it. Um, we got a, we we got a we could have a um, disability rider if yeah. you become disabled. There's a terminal illness rider. If you're terminally ill, it'll advance 25%. Right. Yeah. Save so there's some ter- protections there. Yeah. Save yeah. on term insurance. So I was spending 200 bucks a month on term insurance. Well, I got to a point where I was buying cash value for the cash, but it was also providing a death benefit. Mm-hmm. So I was able to eliminate that expense from my, from my family's finances. Okay. And then it doesn't affect my borrowing capacity. But now we get, instead of $1 doing one potential job, we've taken a dollar, provided a death benefit, we've multiplied it, grow, mm-hmm. grow your cash value tax-free for the rest of your life that you can spend tax-free in retirement. Yeah. And then we're going to take that dollar, leverage it, go to real estate, and we're going to have that dollar do multiple jobs. So multiple, yeah. do, multiple, multiply dollars and have them do multiple jobs. Yeah. That's how, how people get ahead. And then, you know, the other thing is retirement. I think the retirement system is a little broken in Canada because, mm-hmm. you know, the traditional way of saving uh, at at interest rates we've experienced in the last number of years and the returns mm-hmm. I think we're going to experience, it's pretty hard to just, without a pension, to, to yeah. save enough money to replace that income. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, that's a crisis in the making. And I, I think that a lot of people have seen that coming for a long time because if you just compare uh, salaries, even in the the 80s compared to what it costs to buy a house and like all this stuff i mean the costs have just gone up astronomically and 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 salaries in real terms have not kept up yeah like yes nominally they go up but it doesn't that's not your real buying power because uh you know our buying power has been suffering for it's been consistently decreasing for a long time that's inflation at work right and i mean you get a million dollars in your rsp Mm -hmm. sounds like a lot well what's it going to produce maybe 40 or 50 40 grand a year in income yeah that's not enough and then you're going to pay tax on that yeah. Um, and Except for people who like throw that all into like 
private mortgages and stuff, but that, that's not the same thing. Um, there obviously are risks that come with that kind of approach too. So I, I get it. Yep. So, okay. Awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's been an interesting conversation. It's nice digging into this. I appreciate the way you explained this because it was like very um, easy to follow. And I'm sure you've had some experience with that. <laughs> Done it a few times. Done it a few times. Okay. Uh, so uh, Darren, where do people find out more about you? Yeah. Well, so people can go to controlandcompound.com. Or okay. if you're Andrew Hines listeners, we've uh, we've actually built a special page for the Andrew Hines listeners. Okay. So if you go to uh, hub.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, uh, we got some special things there. We got a webinar there you can watch, learn more. We got places where you can find my books, and we're going to reserve some spots uh, front of the line for appointments with one of our wealth coaches if a real estate investors or listeners want to check us out. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and I'm sure you've sent me all those links so I can include them in the show notes. I have. Okay. Perfect. Well, uh, again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's nice to meet you and I uh, look forward to staying in touch. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. Want to network with like-minded investors and get an idea for what the best of the best are doing? Better make sure you make it out to our next GTA West REI meetup. This is the new meetup that's replacing the Greater Hamilton REI meetup that I used to host. We launched our first meetup in November. It was a great success. We had about 75 people out and we're looking forward to doing more of them and having more people come out. It really is a great opportunity to connect with a lot of people that I've been in contact with online or seen in the comments and now I can finally put a face to the name. And I think you'll have a similar experience if you attend our events. Our next event is happening on December 8th from 7 till 9.30 p.m. at Clifford Brewing in Hamilton, Ontario. If you'd like to attend the event, it's very important that you click the link in the description of this video or in the show notes of this episode and make sure that you add yourself to the group. And then once you're in the group, please be sure to add yourself to the event so that we know who's coming and we can notify the establishment. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch.